0: Effective living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now the message. We thank God for protecting us and for preserving us and for taking care of us. I want to teach on a subject that I title the prophetic, understanding the prophetic. For some time now, I've been, you know, thinking about this important subject and how it can help Christians to be victorious in their work with God and in their daily challenges of life. I hope that it will bring a lot of clarity and understanding and uh, help people to know how to maneuver concerning the matters of the Spirit. When we talk about the prophetic, what do we mean? When they say something is prophetic, when they say somebody is prophetic, When they say this statement is prophetic or this song is prophetic, what do we mean? The prophetic means that the ability of someone to tap into the spirit realm, to know the mind of God, and to predict the future accurately. The ability of someone to tap into the spirit realm, to know the mind of God and to predict the future accurately. So everything that is prophetic has to do with predictions of the future. But when we talk about predictions of the future, it has to originate from the mind of God. (laughs) Because these days, you can hear a lot of things people are calling prophecy, and it's prediction all right, but it does not originate from the mind of God. Because sometimes people try to forecast things. You know, sometimes you hear prophecies like, this year, if we don't pray, one prominent chief will die. Okay, so if nobody died, it means we prayed. You hear prophecies like, the national chief imam is going to die. Somebody who's over 100 years old, what next do you expect? So it is forecasting. You know, you can sometimes take time to look at things, analyze things. You know, people have resorted to giving prophecies about football match, you know, every good f- footballer can analyze the outcome of a match. Except that sometimes the forecast will not always be accurate. So sometimes we see prophets, prophets about a football match, and it doesn't go that way. The question is, was that prophecy from God? No. If it was from God, the outcome would be exactly what he, the person said. Yeah. People analyze political elections, you know, and say, this party will win. But if they don't pray, they will lose. And then if that so I said it. I said it. If he doesn't win, so I said that if they don't pray hard, they will not win. So prophecy is not forecasting. You know, there are some people we call loto forecasters. They take time to study the previous loto numbers over a long period, then they analyze the trends, they look at it, then they forecast that no next week some numbers are going to drop. And sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they don't get it right. Prophecy is not, oh, maybe, or maybe not. That doesn't mean it is wrong to forecast. Forecasting, there's nothing wrong with it. But there's a difference between a forecast and a prophecy. When you talk about something that is prophetic, it is an accurate prediction that originates from the mind of God. And when you study a prophetic Dynamics. you see that most of the times prophets speak things that are hard to believe, hard to believe. So the prophet Elisha said, tomorrow about this time, that says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, there's going to be so much abundance of food and it's going to be very cheap. Every poor person will be able to buy food. And the person who was analyzing the numbers of the economy of the state at that time said, even if God will open the windows of heaven, this one can never happen. So, most of the times when you are meddling with the prophetic, it is very unbelievable. Most of the times, it is very unbelievable. Most of the times. So, in the book of Revelation 1.10, a man who is an apostle of God, his name is John. John said, I was in the spirit on the last day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. So, the prophetic is the ability to tap into the spirit. So John said on the last day, the last day means on a Sunday, on a particular Sunday, I entered the spirit and I heard what? The voice of God, the voice of God. So that is the prophetic. So John was not guessing things or trying to say something to impress people or gain cheap popularity. He was seeing things not in the natural the prophet does not preach in the natural. The prophet does not preach in the natural. he operates in the spirit. In the spirit. Somebody say in the spirit. Okay. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. It says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. The hand of the Lord came upon me. That means the power of God came upon me. The spirit of God came upon me. And then suddenly... He took me out. That means Ezekiel was saying, I'm still here with you guys, but the Spirit took me out of here, you know, somewhere. And sometimes when you are in the Spirit, you can be physically present somewhere and spiritually present somewhere else. Apostle Paul said, I'm absent from you physically, but I'm present with you in the Spirit. That is what Apostle Paul said to the Corinthian church. He said, I'm not with you physically but spiritually I'm there because I'm seeing everything you are doing. That means in the realm of the spirit, he's able to go to where the church is and see the things that were happening. So the prophetic is the ability to tap into the spirit realm, to know the mind of God and to predict the future accurately. Now, what is the purpose of the prophetic? Number one, to express the reality of the spirit realm. So that people can look beyond the physical. Now, the danger in life is to limit life to only what you see physically. It is very dangerous to limit your life to only the things you see physically. Because life is more than what you see physically. Yes, life is more than what you see physically. When you look at this brother, stand up. you can see him physically, isn't it? He's very... Uh, stout and strong, so that if you attack me, he can take care of you physically. He's wearing spectacles. He has a nice beard. That is physically. But his life is more than how he is now standing here. There is more to his life. So in Genesis 28, Jacob had a very interesting experience. He was traveling from Canaan to a place called Haran. And as he journeyed alone, walking alone with nothing, with a staff in his hand, he got to a place, and the Bible said it was night, so he decided to sleep. And when he slept, he used a stone as his pillow, and he slept. The Bible said he dreamt, and he saw heaven open, and he saw angels, and there was a ladder that dropped from heaven to the earth, and he saw angels ascending and descending, on the ladder. And he heard the voice of God saying, I am the God of your father, Abraham and Isaac. The land you are lying on one day is going to be yours. How interesting. Jacob is traveling to go to a place, not knowing what will happen to him. And God was telling this land, one day you're going to own it. At that very material moment, Jacob had no idea who was even the owner. He was a stranger there, but God is saying you are going to own it. The spirit realm is real, but the prophetic is what enables you to see beyond the natural. So when Jacob woke up from the dream, the first thing he said, he said, Wow, how awesome is this place? He said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Now, in the absence of the prophetic, you are going to interpret everything naturally and physically And you will always miss God. You will miss God. Because God will be operating in a place and you will know he's there. God will be operating with somebody and you won't know it is God that is operating with that person. God will be doing certain things in a situation in your life. And you will not even have a clue that is of God. Because you are just looking at things physically. But life is more than the physical. Life is more than the physical. There is another dimension beyond the physical, which is the spirit realm. And that realm is equally as real as the physical. So the prophetic helps you to see beyond the physical. That is the only way you can be able to make the best of life and achieve much. Because the physical realm is very limited. If you don't have money, you don't have it. That's it. The physical realm is limited. The spirit realm is unlimited. The spirit realm is unlimited. So, fiscally, you may not have money, but in the spirit realm, there could be an abundance of money for you. But if you can't see into the spirit, all you can say is, I don't have. I don't have. I'm poor. I'm very unfortunate. I won't go any far in life. I can't get far in life. I don't think I can make it. Things are too difficult for me. I don't think this business will ever make any progress. Why? Because you are looking at the realities, what the trends are saying, what. The physical is speaking to you, but suddenly the spirit can shift you, and then you see that oh, this thing is going to be great, this business is going to be really great. So, the prophetic enables you to do what to become aware. Somebody say, Aware, the prophetic makes you aware of the spiritual realities around you. The moment Jacob became aware of where he was. He took advantage of it. He took advantage of the situation. Now, number two, the prophetic reveals the certainty of the future. So you can look beyond the present. Very important. Sometimes our present situation is very miserable and discouraging, heartbreaking and frustrating and depressing. Sometimes you can look at your present situation and you'll be depressed. Early morning you are annoyed. You are just annoyed with nobody because you cannot see beyond where you are now. All you see is what is happening now. The problems. The challenges. No door is opening. Nothing is working. Everything is horrible and terrible. And people are laughing at you. And people are mocking you. And people look down on you. And people despise you. And people say you will go nowhere. You will get nowhere. That is the present. But I've always said in this church that your future is different from your present. That is why the two don't have the same Words. They use a different word to describe your future. than If your present and your future were the same, they would have just called it the present. But without a prophetic, you can easily live a hopeless life, a life full of hopelessness, no hope. So when you people, when you talk to them, you see that the person has given up before he even started the race. Why has he given up? Because of the things happening around him. But you meet somebody else who is in a worse situation than that, Person who is hopeless. The person who is in a worse condition. Tell you what, that person has hope because he has become aware of a future that is going to be different. That is going to be. Jeremiah 29 11, he said, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. To give you an expected end. To give you a future and a hope. Because the future gives you hope. When you see your future, you have hope. When you see your future, you have hope. When you see the future of your business, you have hope. You will manage that little business and you will never let it collapse. You will manage it well. You will be diligent at it. You will be serious with, with everything you are doing because you have hope. So when you see somebody who is living a lousy, careless life, I don't care whatever happens. Yesterday, I was looking at some people sitting on top of a, a truck. And I said, people can take risks like that. A truck, they loaded. They are sitting on top and they are there, relaxed, like... They are more relaxed than me, who is not there. And I'm saying some people don't really care what happens because they don't even think their life is any worth. the caution. They don't believe any caution is important because they look at their life, they look at their family, they look at everything, so this thing. Whether I'm cautious, I'm not cautious, this thing is not going to end anywhere. One day we all just die and that's the end. Some people that's their philosophy. And you know what is the cause of that philosophy? Because he can't see anything beyond the natural. Everything happening around him has been a result of the present. No change. People live, die the same way he met them. So he has come to believe everybody will die the same way, including himself. But the prophetic is able to help you to see beyond the present. The prophetic is able to help you to see beyond some of the challenges you are going through now some of the difficulties you are going through. You see, when, anytime you meet somebody who is going through hell and high water and still rejoicing and praising God, he's seeing beyond it. He's seeing beyond it. And you see somebody who is broke, but excited and happy. And sometimes people get and say, oh, you are too, you are too excited. What's, what's the occasion? Well, there didn't have to be any occasion. It's hope. Hope in God. Yeah, hope in God. So the prophet helps you to become aware that you have a future so that you can have a hope and live your life Ready for the future. I say to people all the time that the present is a preparation for the future. The present is what? the preparation for the future. So you live for the future. You don't live your life by where you are. You live your life for where you are going. Everything you do in life. The decisions you make today is what is going to account for how you'll be tomorrow. So when you become aware of your future, it even affects the decisions you make today. Why you won't do certain things now? Because you know, if you do it, these things today, it will affect you tomorrow. Now, when God created human beings to be spirit beings, First Thessalonians 5.23 says that everybody is a spirit being. You have a soul and you live in a body. So, in every human being is the ability to interact with the supernatural. Yes, every human being has the ability to do what? To interact with the supernatural. Because God created every human being to be a spirit being. you see us physically, we have a body, we have a soul, and the soul has to do with your thinking, emotions, decisions making, that forms your soul. You are not just a physical body standing here, you are a spirit being. That is how God created people. Every human being, whether believers or unbelievers, can interact with the supernatural, with the spirit realm. That is why you can meet An occultist who can interact with the spirit realm. That's why you can meet a diviner who can see into the spirit accurately. That's why you can meet a fetish person who can tell you things that are supernatural. When I went to South Korea, I saw Buddhist monks. Buddhists are known to be the people who could meditate to the greatest degree. Buddhists could sit down, cross their legs, close their eyes, and just focus until they leave this physical realm and enter the spirit sometimes they can suspend in the air and still be in the spirit because they have understood something about the human nature that most Christians don't understand most Christians are born again and still think this is all you are you believe you are powerless you believe you are just physical you believe that one which can just finish you in any moment You just don't know who you are. That's the problem. Friday, somebody was talking to me and I was just laughing. I said, there's nothing I can do unless you change your thinking. I can't help you. Because you already believe that a witch can destroy you. There's nothing I can do to help you. The day you change your thinking, we start from there. And even God cannot help you. Because as a man thinks, that's how he is. Inherent in every human being. When you say something is inherent, it means you were born with it. Everybody is born with this ability to interact with the spirit realm. But if you are an unbeliever, you can only interact with the demonic realm, but not in God's realm. Unbelievers can only interact with the demonic realm. But occasionally, even God intrudes into the lives of unbelievers to give them access to the prophetic. Even unbelievers. Even unbelievers. That's why Pharaoh... Who have a dream. He was an unbeliever, but God intruded into his life and gave him access to see something. and the reason why God did that was God wanted to open a door for Joseph. So when we talk about the prophetic, we are not referring to a few special people in the church who are being gifted by God to do some things. No, we are talking about every child of God. Because you are born with a thing. If you don't know it, it will be there, but you cannot practice it and you cannot enjoy it. Every body was born with this. In every child of God is that ability. Every child of God. If you are here and you are born again, you have the ability. Well, let me say, yes, the ability to operate in the prophetic. And sometimes, most of you do, but you don't know. How many of you here have had a dream and it happened exactly how you saw it in your dreams? Let me see. Yes. That is the prophetic. How were you able to have it? You are sleeping on your bed. You are not aware what will happen tomorrow or next year, but you just dreamt. And something you saw happened a year after, exactly how it is. How could you have done that except it's supernatural? It's supernatural. How many of you have thought of something that, hmm, if this person is not careful, he's going to have accidents. Then he just had accident. How many of you have, have, it has happened to you like that before? You know, one day somebody told me that he looked at a colleague at work and he said, oh, this guy, if he's not careful, they will sack him. That very week they sacked the guy. I said, you have something, but you don't know. Because we are ignorant to think that only people called prophets can see Yes, a member of this church was driving somewhere. Somebody wanted to buy his car. He was driving, and a thought came to him that: What if these people are just monitoring you to steal the car from you? He ignored it and drove to the place. And the people called and said, so "We won't, we won't be able to meet you today. So let's meet another time." Not knowing, they were there. They saw the car, and they came and stole the car. So that thought—where did it come from? It's supernatural. It's supernatural. Are you following me? Now, I went to a member's office. And as we're praying, I said, "No, be careful because where your house is, there will be robberies around. So I want you to try to make sure that you put security very tight in your place." Ah, oh, Pastor, for the past two weeks, I've been doing certain things I don't understand. I haven't told my secretary that I need to get an, an armed security because I've been feeling it. And something was telling me. You no, know, this thing we say something was telling us. And the pastor said, "Oh, Pastor, I've trying to." Put new lights in my house, trying to, just trying to, you know. But this person has lived there for some time, no robbery, no nothing. I'm sitting there, and I said, look, there will be robberies very soon in your area, unless you put take care of security. But the Spirit has been telling him already. The Spirit has been telling him already. You know, the Bible said in the book of Acts 2.17, Acts 2.17, everybody, let's read, ready, go. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. So in the last days, in the last days, I will do what? I will pour out my spirit on some few people. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. What will be the effect When I poured my spirit on all flesh, he said, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. He says some few prophets in the church will prophesy. He says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Then he went on to say, your young men will what? See visions. How many are young here? I think I'm very young. (laughs) I don't think I'm old at all. 50 is young. In fact, I'm now now about to start life. Praise God. Young men will see visions. But in case you think you are old, you are not left out. Old men will do what? They'll dream. What's the difference between vision and dreams? Vision, you are awake and you see. Dreams, you are asleep and you see. But both is seeing. Both is seeing. In fact, actually, they are the same. They are the same. Vision and dream are the same. Except that the time they happen differ. But he said, when the Spirit is put down, this prophecy was made by Joel. In Joel 2.28, Joel was prophesying about something that happened in the last days. And when you study verse 18, this prophecy was about the New Testament church. Because when Joel was making this prophecy, the Holy Spirit was not on everybody. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit doesn't stay in everybody who worships God. The Holy Spirit only was up on the prophet. Only the prophets had the Holy Spirit. So everybody else must go to the prophet to seek guidance. Everybody must go to the prophet to seek what? Guidance. So in that time, Joel began to give a prophecy about the New Testament. And he said, a time is coming. God is going to pour out his spirit on everyone. All flesh. Everybody. Men, women, children, adults, elderly, everybody. And when the Spirit is poured, the number one effect is that everyone will be able to prophesy. Today, every believer, every born-again Christian who has the Holy Spirit on his life has the ability to operate in the prophetic. Everyone. And the purpose of this is that God wants you to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Can I say that again? The reason why in the New Testament, God poured out the Holy Spirit, God allowed the Holy Spirit to be in every believer is because in the New Testament, God wants everyone to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Because in the Old Testament, God's relationship with people is different from in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God did not relate with everybody in the whole world. Listen to this carefully. In the Old Testament, God related only with the nation of Israel. And everybody else from a different nation was considered an unbeliever. And God called the people his nation. And the citizens of that nation, my people. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. God called them my people. He had a relationship with them but they were his people. In the New Testament, when Jesus died, God allowed everybody, no matter which country you come from, which nation you are from, God allowed everybody through Jesus Christ to be able to have a relationship with him. Do you see the difference? God called everyone who has given his life to Jesus, God called them my children, my children. So you see, there is two complete Levels of relationship. My children, my people, or my nation. So I'm not an Israelite, but I'm a child of God. You know, one day Jesus called God his father, and the Jews wanted to stone him to death. Because the Jews saw God so holy and so distant that they considered it disrespect for anybody to call himself a child of God. Now, the day God called you his child, he decided that he himself would lead you, not a prophet somewhere. He himself wants to lead you. How many of you will prefer your children listen to you directly than listen to you through an intermediary? How many of you will love to talk, sit your children and talk to them directly by yourself than to go tell somebody to talk to them for you? So the day you become you became a child of God, God decided that the level of communication must change. So in the New Testament, God's standard procedure for guidance and communication is that. You have the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit will lead you and guide you and speak to you. And most of you, is doing it all the time, but you don't know. That's why I'm teaching this subject. Now, let me take you through seven different levels of the prophetic. Number one is seeing. Number two, hearing God's voice. Number three, discerning the leading of the Spirit. Number four, the gift of prophecy. Number five, the prophetic anointing. Number six, the office of the prophet. And number seven, the prophecy of scripture. Let's study a few today. Let me take you through three quickly. Is that okay? Yeah. Next Sunday, I want to take you through another three. And then the last Sunday, I'll teach on uh, the prophetic dynamics, and then we'll be done. I'm going to try my best. Now, sin. Everybody say sin. sin. Okay. When we talk about seeing, we are referring to two things. I've said it already. Fishings and dreams. Now, sin is limited because... You can see something, but if you couldn't interpret what you saw properly, everything you saw is useless. So you can see a lot of things that will benefit you nothing because your interpretation was all wrong. That is why sometimes somebody can give you a prophecy which won't happen. It doesn't mean he didn't see something about you. He saw something about you, but he did not allow the Spirit to give him the right interpret. It has happened to all of us. I've said things to people later. I find out, oh, you missed it somewhere. That is when the Old Testament, people are not called prophet until they state through training for many years, sometimes 20 years. Elisha stayed under Elijah for 20 years because you need to understand very well how to interpret. Because under the Old Testament, there's nothing like, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. They stone you to death. Oh, yes, under the law of Moses, if you give a prophecy and it doesn't happen, you are stoned. So as you are saying, they write it. You said what? Say it again. Then they write it. So NDC will win. Are you sure about this? They write it down. And they wait for after lesson. They don't say, Oh, come and explain. They stone you to death. Let me say something. Seeing is the lowest level of the prophetic. Seeing is what? The lowest level of the prophetic. It is the basic. It is the basic. That means if you if you don't know anything about prophetic, I'll ask for seeing is class one. It's true because most of you have dreamt and seen things that have happened, isn't it? Yes. Because that is where it all starts from. For two reasons. The first reason is what? If you miss the interpretation, the whole vision is useless. Number two reason why I've seen is the lowest level of profit. Because even unbelievers can see. Yes. Even unbelievers can see. So you see. You say, hey, me, I'm powerful, I can see. Then the court will say, what can you see? Me too, I can see. But you see, out of ignorance, the church has rather made people can see vision so special. There are some days when you go, the people can see. Yeah. They treat them like the most spiritual people, the most godly people. You don't need to be godly to see. Unbelievers can see. Pharaoh was an unbeliever. Nebuchadnezzar was an unbeliever. In fact, I said, even the dream I forgot. But people must tell him the dream and interpret then that. That he will kill everybody. Pharaoh, when he dreamt, he didn't understand. That is why I'm saying sin is the lowest level of the problem. The father somebody came to you and tells you, I saw something and it happened. does not mean that that person is somebody that should take advantage of you. Some of you people take advantage of because you believe they can see and hey, he can see you. He's a spirit person. Oh, Amen. You are equally a spirit, spiritual person. It's just that you, don't, you are ignorant of who you are. And people take advantage of that and manipulate you and deceive you and cheat you. You know, I used to handle this church in a a church. One of my sons has a church, and there was this brother. He would call people at midnight. He said, brother in the church. And tell them visions he has seen. And say, let's pray. When it's done, then he will send his momo number. Then he say, say, the Lord said, give me an offering because I want to continue to pray for you. Before long, people were following this guy more than the pastor of the church. What do you think caused that? Ignorance. I've never called any prophets. By God's grace, I'm close to a lot of prophets. I've brought up pastors who are in the prophetic ministry. I've never called any prophet to ask, what did you see about me? Because I can see a lot by myself. In fact, there are things people who call themselves prophets have told me. I have disputed it. because they are talking, I can feel in my spirit, this is not of God. I'm telling you. Especially if they are young people. Because young people are very zealous. They want cheap popularity. They want attention. Some of them want you to invite them to their church to come and pray. They come to you. I saw I was praying. I know I saw. Tell me what you saw. Look straight into my eyes and tell me what you saw. Because I want to judge what you claim to see. For God may speak in one way or in another. God may speak how? In one way or another. Yet man does not perceive it. That's our problem. That's our problem. And God is going to deliver you this month from that that bondage. In the name of Jesus. In a dream. In a vision of the night. What is a dream? Dreams are visions of the night. Now, anytime you dream and you forget, stop trying to recollect. Anytime you dream and you forget, let it go. Because if God wants to show you something, you can never forget it. It's so clear. Once you forgot, it's not, it's not from God. Yeah. Don't be like Nebuchadnezzar. I dream, I forgot. If the wise men don't tell me the dream I had, and it's busy, all of them will be dead. Don't be like that. When deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals them their instruction. In order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from man, to prevent mistakes, to save you from going the wrong way, he shows things. Visions is the lowest level of the prophetic. Number one, because both believers and unbelievers can see visions. Number two, because if you miss the interpretation, the whole vision is useless. Now, let me give Son a warning. Not all dreams and visions come from God. Let me say that again. Not all dreams and visions come from God. Some of your dreams, it come from your own desires. You already want to go, so you dream that you went. You already like the guy. Then you dreamt about the guy. And you say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Some dreams come from yourself. Number two, some dreams come from the devil. One of the very powerful activities of witchcraft is ability to manipulate people's dreams. Many people have made wrong decisions because a witch projected a dream into his mind. And it happened to people who are not prayerful and are not close to God. When you are not close to God, your mind is open. Before I is God, be sure. People have married the wrong people because of a dream. People have... Hated the right people because of a dream. You know, some people, they had a dream about somebody. Woke up in the morning and say, oh, God has exposed you. I know everything you are doing. You will never succeed. In Jesus' name. (laughs) And this guy is a good person that a witch decided to manipulate. I remember... When I started pastoring, one young man who came to me, is now a pastor, Pastor Bernard. He started coming to me and joined my church. And he had a dream. Do you know the dream he had? He had a dream that I gave him communion and the bread was a monkey's meat. Monkey. That they killed it and then they roasted it on fire like bush meat. And the wine was human blood. He had a dream-o in the night. I didn't know. So... He came early morning, and I said, "Father Ben, I feel like we should do communion at church today, but take money and go and buy bread from the market, from the roadside, and buy Coke. Because those days, we didn't have communion wine in the village, so we used Coke. I said, take money and go and buy bread and buy Coke and bring it. So when he came, I was praying. So I said, pour the Coke and mix it. Then I said, cut the bread. So he was looking at me. I made him do everything. And that time it was a small church, where we like, I think 10, 15 members. I did not touch anything. <laughs> I prayed over it, I preached, I prayed over it I said, Bernard share. And I did not know he had a dream, but the spirit made me to dispute, because he told me when he woke up in the morning, he was very suspicious of me, because he said, "This guy, this guy may, may be some bad guy." <laughs> of course, he took the communion, prayed, we took the communion. He said, Pastor, I had a dream. If not for the way everything happened today, I was planning to not come close to you again. And God had planned, I should bring that guy up. But a dream would have messed up his destiny. Many people have had dreams about good people. Some people have dreamt and seen the person God sent to help you, seen the cutlass chasing you in the night. (laughs) What will you do the following day? Say, blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. And you will never get close to that person again because there are some powers from your background that have seen that that person is going to help you. A couple got married just before the end of the honeymoon. The lady had a dream about a guy and became suspicious of an innocent guy. Where do you think that dream came from? Because some of us will believe that once I see it, oh second level of the prophetic is hearing the voice of God. Somebody says, okay, so pastor, how do I know if the, the thing from God or not? I'll come back to it. Hearing the voice of God. Now, the voice of God is in two levels. One is very audible. One is very quiet, but it's still a voice. We all speak either loudly or quietly, isn't it? Every one of us here. Sometimes we whisper to people. If we have a sensitive information, we don't want everybody to hear. We talk to people. The guy is coming. Master is coming. Stop what you are doing. God I don't want master to hear that. But sometimes we speak loudly, isn't it? First Timothy 4 verse 1, Apostle Paul said, The Spirit is speaking expressly. The Spirit is speaking X ex- That means clearly. It's not guess He said the Spirit expressly says. That is the voice of God. It's not like, oh, I'm hearing something. I don't know. Uh, no, no. The Spirit says expressly. Then Acts chapter 10, Peter heard the Spirit speak to him. He said, while well, Peter taught about the vision, okay? So Peter had a vision. He didn't understand. So he was thinking about it. That's what vision is the lowest level of the prophetic. Because sometimes it can confuse you. Peter was confused. What he saw, he couldn't understand it. But whilst he was thinking about the vision, what happened? The spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Very clear. Very direct. He didn't say some people are looking for you. So you go out and you could be 10. You could be 20. He said three men. That means males. If you went out and there were five ladies, you'd be questionable to the voice. Three men are looking for you outside. When Peter, when there, actually there were three men outside. God can speak to people, all His children. Look at John ten twenty seven. Jesus said, "Every child of God, God speaks to them, including you." John ten twenty seven. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. God speaks. Amen. Amen. God speaks, and He's still speaking today. The key to hearing God's voice is to be attentive to the Spirit. The key to hearing God's voice is what? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, be attentive to the Spirit. spirit. You know that many of us, we are attentive to other things, more than the Spirit. Some of us are attentive to radio, attentive to TV, we are attentive to people, rumor mongers, have you heard? Have you heard? Latest filler. In town, hey, what is the latest filler? What's going on? We are attentive to social media, but we are not attentive to the Spirit. The key to hearing God's voice is what? Is what? Some of you don't want to be because you don't want to be attentive to the Spirit. The key to hearing God's voice is what? Be attentive to the Spirit. To the spirit. That means give, the, give God attention. Give God attention. You must have time alone with God. I said you must what? Have time, have time alone with who? Your TV. No. With who? No. Some of us, we love it when we have time alone with our phone. alone Because the things you want to watch, you don't want anybody to see it. So when the children are gone, wife is gone, everybody is going alone, they say, yes. Then you take your phone, Google, you go to some places. You are watching things that you know. Anything that you cannot watch in the presence of people is not good to watch. Anything you cannot watch in the presence of your spouse is not good to watch. Some of you, nobody will say amen to that one. (laughs) But we need to have time alone with God, alone with God. Sometimes when nobody is there, that is an opportunity for you and God alone to interact, to interact. He said, call upon me and I will answer. Time alone with God. This is what Samuel was told. Samuel had a voice. And people, God can speak. Hello? Samuel had a voice calling his name. Samuel! And he thought it was his spiritual father. He thought it was early. So if God hasn't spoken to you, he hasn't spoken. If he speaks, you will know he has spoken. And Samuel ran to his spiritual father. He said, "I'm, I'm here. He said, I didn't call you. I heard you calling me. So I didn't call you. The third time, the man realized, I think God must be calling him. Why did that man realize? Because that man himself has heard God several times. What did Eli told Samuel? He said, go back to bed. You will hear the voice again. And when you hear it this time, say what? Let's read first Samuel 3 verse 9. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, what? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak. If you are not listening to God, he will never speak. Have you ever done that? Have you ever spoken to somebody who was not listening to you? No, no, have you ever done that? You've done that? You know very well, the best is not listening to you, but you are talking? Oh, I'm surprised. That means you are not normal. <laughs> ah, how can you know this guy is not listening, but you are still talking? But well, what was the purpose of talking? No, the moment I know you are not listening to me, I stop talking. Hello? No, do I make sense? Okay, how I many of you call somebody on phone, and then as you are talking, you can't hear the person again. Then say hello, are you still there? No response. Hello, are you still there? No response. Then you continue the talking. So whether he's there or not, whether he's listening or not, I'll continue talking. How many of you have done that before? The moment you realize maybe the network has interrupted with the communication, what do you do? You cut the line. We don't talk to people unless we are sure they are listening to us. In the same way, God will never speak to you unless he's sure you are listening. So the problem with many Christians is we don't give God attention. But God is ever eager to talk to you all the time, all the time. Revelation 3, verse 6. I've, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. The word says means it's something that is happening now, continuously is happening. The Spirit is always speaking. I said the Spirit is always speaking. The Holy Spirit is always speaking. But he's speaking only to those who have an ear to hear. Is there anybody who doesn't have an ear? Is there any normal person who doesn't have an ear? So he's not talking about these physical ears. He's talking about attention. When you give God attention, you hear his voice. When you give God attention, you hear his voice. And when you start hearing God's voice, you mature in your communication with him. When you start hearing God's voice, you mature in your communication with him. So someone was not mature. So somebody more mature than him could tell him, say this, and the person will talk. So you can come to the place where you can be very conversant and familiar with the voice of God, and he can be able to talk to you at any time. You don't need to be a prophet to do that. You don't need to be an apostle to that. You don't need to be a visionary to be there. You don't need to be a seer to do that. You don't need to be any special person. All you need to do is to be a child of God who gives God attention. A child of God who gives God attention. Let's do the last one. I said three, right? Let's do the last one. The third level of the prophetic. Now, before I go to the third, let me say this. The second level of the prophetic is what? Hearing God's voice. Both believers and unbelievers can hear God's voice. Occasionally, God can speak to unbelievers like Balaam. And there are people God spoke to in the Bible who are unbelievers. But when you get to the third level, which is discernment, only believers operate in this realm. That's why it's a higher realm of the prophetic. Romans 8.14 says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God or children of God. So if you are a child of God, God wants to lead you. Verse 16 says that the Spirit bears witness, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So this is different from hearing the voice. This is the leading of the Spirit. This one, God is not talking to you, but he's leading you. Are they different? Yes. Are there times people can lead you without talking to you? Yes. Even when you are driving, you don't know the place. Somebody can say, just follow me. And he's driving, and you are driving and following. You get to where you are going. He didn't talk to you, but he guided you. Sometimes the spirit leads us without talking to us. Do you know I can talk to this brother without speaking a word? Everybody watch me. Did I say anything? Why did he move? Because I communicated with him, but he didn't say anything. Yeah. Sometimes you can see a man and his wife, they look at each other. Move. There's movement. You, you'll be wondering, what is going on here? They are communicating. They are planning how to get rid of you. Because you are staying too long and they want you to go. So they look at each other. And then... Uh, so communication is not only verbal. There's something we call Non-verbal communication, isn't it? So is the spirit. So is the spirit. The leading of the spirit. Okay, let me take you through how to design the leading of the spirit. Number one, listen to your instincts. Instinct is that knowing within your spirit. I must get up from this place right now. Sometimes people say, something told me to move right now. Sometimes you are there and you just feel like danger is coming. There's danger. Sometimes you get close to people and you just feel it. There's something wrong with this guy. That's instinct. This is what Dr. Otabel said. He said, there is no child of God whom God will never speak to about the wrong decision they are about to make. No child of God. He said, most of the time, they knew it's wrong, but they didn't listen. Because you will feel it in your heart. You will know. You know that guy, you must not marry him. You will know that money, I must not take it. But he said, money... This is money, oh! It's money we are talking about. You have no idea how many my needs are. So instinct, instinct. Anytime you feel that in your heart, is the Holy Spirit prompting you, don't go or go or something. Sometimes people want to make a decision and suddenly they became scared. They became restless. They became confused. Something within. A friend of mine, a pastor friend, somebody want to get him a U.S. visa for a fee. He went to take loan. He said the day he was carrying the money he was feeling very bad and angry something within him was not ready to go but his mind was telling him this is visa I must go to America I must go to America up to today the man the money the visa and America all is uh, lost number 2 study carefully how the spirit re- leads you you know the holy spirit leads all of us in a unique way that is why Personal experience cannot become a doctrine that is taught in church. Can I say that again? Yes. Don't go anywhere unless somebody uses his personal experience to be a doctrine that you should practice. Yes. The Holy Spirit leads all of us differently. So you need to study how He leads you. And how will you know? You will know because sometimes you will feel something and then later you will see an outcome. And then it will happen for you several times. The Holy Spirit will have a way of making you aware. For instance, anytime somebody close to me is about to die, I hear funeral songs. Especially in the morning. Once I wake up, I hear funeral songs. Now, I can tell whether it's a family relation or not a family relation. How do I tell the difference? If it's a family relation, I hear a funeral songs that are sung in my hometown, in Ewe, clearly. I can hear funeral songs clearly then I know that another relative is about to die if I don't pray. Then I pray, I say, Lord, if he's a bad man, let him die. <laughs> no, some bad men must not continue to live. I wish some of you are looking at me. If he's a good man, I cancel it in Jesus' name. Yeah. Now, if there's a death plot around you, when you come close to me, immediately I can hear funeral songs. I can just hear it, and I know. But I cannot tell you to do that, because the Spirit may not do that with you. Are you following me? Yeah. Now, if somebody is sick, and God wants to talk to me about a person's sickness, I feel the pain exactly where you are sick. I can feel it. pain. I can just feel it. You may not. He may not do that with you. Are you following me? Yes. yes. I have studied the leading of the Spirit for a long time. So it, it you have to take time to do what said. Steady carefully. And these things, I wrote it myself. Out of what I know. Are you learning? Yes. Now, any time... I decide I'm going to do this. For instance, I'm going to I'm going to do this. One way I know God doesn't want me to do is that I forget all the times. And it's a very important thing to me. I, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. Because if it's of God, sometimes even if I forget, the Spirit reminds me. But if it's not of God, I will forget and forget and forget until so one day I just said, I don't think this thing is of God. Now, when people are talking to me and it's truth, I know how desperately that one I won't tell you. I won't tell you how I know the difference between the truth and the lie. But when you are t- lying to me, I know. Sometimes, immediately or later, when I think about the thing, the way I feel, I just know this thing is not true. Are you with me? Okay. Now, if somebody else has a good heart towards me, I know. Because anytime time I get close to you, I, I just lose it. I just lose it. When I get close to you, I, I lose it. So Sometimes I distance myself from people, not because they've done anything wrong to me, but my spirit is not connecting. I feel bad. Sometimes I see people and I'm annoyed. Before, I'm now thinking, why am I annoyed? You mean the person's heart is not right, he's doing something wrong. Either he's speaking evil of me, or he's doing something I have told him not to do. But there are also people, when I see them, I'm just excited. One of the ways I know God wants to bring somebody close to myself is that I get excited when I see them. When I'm with them, I'm, I'm, I feel good in my spirit. You can tell me everything bad about a person, but I like the person. because my spirit speaks to me. Are you following me? Yeah, I don't get people close because they gossip. That's, that's not true. I relate with people by my spirit. And every now and then, people who are doing the wrong things will come and tell you, somebody is pulling me to pass on. I relate to people by my spirit. So you have to study how the spirit leads you. If I want to make a decision and it's not of God, there is a way I feel. Last week, I was telling the church counselor, there's this thing I want to do. I believe it's the best decision, but the Lord told me not to do it. Because I just know this is not of God. I feel bad about the decision. I feel restless. My... I mean, I I can know. So steady the way the Spirit leads you. You need to do that. You need to do that. And it will help you. It will save you a lot of trouble. It will save you a lot. It will save you a lot. Number four, steady and analyze trends and patterns. It's not every time God will talk to you audibly. Somebody came to you before to make a proposal. You felt a particular way, and you went ahead with a proposal. The outcome was bad. Then another time, somebody else came and made a proposal, and you are feeling the same way. It should tell you the outcome is going to be bad. Trends. When we talk about trends, we are talking about with your personal life, with the environment you live in, with um, everything. Even people. Some, I ask people questions, and I can tell them what, where the problem is coming from. Yeah, I can ask people questions. And without any vision, I can tell where the problem is coming from. I can tell where the problem is coming from. Trends and patterns. For instance, some of you here, you know that every year, there's a particular month, you go through a lot of attacks. That's an example of patterns. It's a cycle. You know you go through crisis in a particular... You studied yourself. And you see that every year, (laughs) there are particular months that are good for you. There are particular months that are crisis times. The Holy Spirit won't come and talk to you about that one. You need to study it to know. Every year in March, it goes very bad. There must be something. Why? So now you go track why it's happening. Sometimes you can tell that everything was fine in this workplace. And then now everything is not fine. Sometimes I can go to people's workplace and I can help them track where the problem is coming from. Everything is fine. Then when did this start, everything began to go bad? When exactly? Can you remember when exactly? What are the different things that happened that time? Either a new employee came. Oh, yes. So, trends and patterns. Some people can tell that there is a particular dream when they have it. Immediately, certain things happen. The moment you have that dream, don't wait for God to tell you, you need to rise up and pray and deal with it. Even your prayer life, you have to be able to study the trend of your prayer life the spirit will tell you. You know, you have to come to the place where even in your prayer life, you know the best times the spirit wants you to pray and how he wants you to go about the prayer, the trends and patterns of your life. So anytime I go to a place, I ask questions because the answers I get can tell me about the spiritual atmosphere of the place. For instance, when I come to Clagon, I ask a lot of questions. The predominant activities in the place helps me to understand the spiritual realities of the place. So when we talk about trends and patterns, maybe even your family, you can study your family and you will be informed enough. Your family should be able to inform you enough. Study your family history. It should inform you. That's what I mean. I can be able to tell the predominant spirit operating in a family when I talk to you. By the time we talk about your father and your grandfather, we should have a lot to deal with. So trends and patterns have to do with important information that helps you to be able To figure out spiritual realities. Your brother married and got divorced. Your other brother married and got divorced. Your third brother married and got divorced. You are not married yet. This will tell you, tread cautiously. Number one, pray a lot about your marriage. Number two, make sure you don't make the wrong decision about your marriage. Number three, be determined that yours must work. Otherwise, tell you what, yours will break. No, me, I'm a child of God, blood of Jesus. It will break. <laughs> it will surprise you that it will break. Same way, you study trends and patterns of people, trends and patterns of your spouse. So certain things won't surprise you. If your wife's mother beats their husband, expect beating. <laughs> so it will even inform you how you pray for your spouse, isn't it? Isn't it? Number five, do not treat coincidence as accidental. The last one, volunteered information. Volunteered information simply means sometimes... God will talk to you about people. Sometimes people will come and talk to you about themselves. It's the same thing. Sometimes the same thing God will tell you about a person, the person will tell you by himself. The spirit will prompt him to tell you without knowing that I am very bad. If you are not careful with me, I'm going to destroy you. Oh, yes. Volunteer information is not something you spy on or something you know. It's something that you were not even expecting it and it came to you. And I've seen it happen to me all the time. Sometimes I'm praying about something and I go to a place and I meet somebody who doesn't know I'm even praying about this issue or I'm thinking about this issue. And he starts talking to me that if you need somebody who can do this, that guy is very good. He can help you out. And I said, thank you, Lord. My prayer is answered. Another time I meet somebody and he tells me that there's a guy, his name is this. He is a very, very, very dangerous person. And the person is telling me not knowing that I'm praying about this person. Yes. And most of you, it happens. Especially people want to go into marriage. Sometimes you go to places, you hear things about the person you like. It is God. I mean, it's different if somebody wants to destroy the person to you. Now, what's how, the difference? The person knew you were interested in the person. Then he's selling bad things to you. But this other person he's talking to, he doesn't even know anything. Are even interested in the person. You are just chatting. And then before you realize, the conversion veered into this thing. And then a lot of things are being said. Sometimes I've prayed and prayed and prayed. And how I got to know the will of God was somebody said something to me. Without knowing, I'm praying about the issue. Once the person knows I'm praying about the issue, it's not a volunteered information. Please, are you following? If people come to you and talk to you about things you are praying about or thinking about, without knowing you are thinking about or praying about it, don't just throw it away. It may be God. It may be God. The last one, question the motive behind people's actions. So let me go from the beginning again. Let me see but I've done everything well. Listen attentively to your instincts. Number two is what? Study carefully how the spirit leads you uniquely. Number three, study and analyze trends and patterns. Number four, do not treat coincidence. Did I do this one? So do you know why I said we should go back to the thing? I felt like I haven't exhausted the subject. This is how the spirit leads people. (laughs) But many of you were happy I was going to close the teaching. Because I was expecting somebody to have Pastor, you, you jumped one. But even though nobody said it, I felt it. That it looks like I've missed. I said, let's go from the beginning again. Coincidence. Coincidences are not accidental. Coincidences are divinely arranged events by God to make you aware of certain truths. Can I say that again? Coincidences are God's divinely orchestrated events. So somebody may be lying to you, trying to, you know, mislead you and do all manner of things. And certain things will happen. I personally believe that everybody knows who he was marrying before he married. Because God will create coincidences for you to become aware who you are marrying before you marry. I believe God will always make you know who you are dealing with. God will never keep you in the dark forever. Things will happen. Hello? Things will happen for you to know. Sometimes you are going somewhere, minding your own business, and you bump into something. You know, I always tell this story where I wanted somebody to do something for me, and he said he's sick. And those times, I didn't have a car, so I borrowed Brad Johnson's car, and I went to town. And on my way back, there was traffic, so I have to pass somewhere else. So that traffic was not a coincidence. God planned it, because God wanted me to see that this guy was lying. So I just passed somewhere. As I was going, here was a guy busily working. So the following day, when I met him, I said, you say you were sick, but you lied. I said, I know exactly where you went. He thought I saw a vision. I didn't see any vision. And after that, I have not told him how I knew, but he was, he was amazed. I said, don't lie to men of God again. <laughs> I said, at so-so and so time, you were in this shop working. You lied to me that you were sick. He thought either somebody told me. You know, that's, that's what most people do. Sometimes sitting see like people, they think somebody came to lie about them to me, tell things about. You know, if you are doing the bad thing, why don't people say it? Now, how did I drive past that place? Because God wanted to show me this guy was lying to you. And that is not somebody who is truthful. Coincidences are not accidental. Amen. Amen hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 24 Remain blessed.